0: The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers.
1: From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network,
2: it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey friends, thank you for joining us for another Afternoons with Mike right here on the Shepherd Radio Network. Well, it's been a while since I've had this man sitting in the studio with me. Uh, Scotty Moore kind of uh, was working through the process a couple of years back uh, as to whether or not he was going to get involved in the kind of the landscape of politics. Uh, Scotty was part of crew and is still very active with a lot of the people in ministry today, people who even recently put on the conference that I was able to go to uh, and uh, to take part in here in Orlando. Uh, He is a a speaker. He is, uh, by some uh, descriptions, a motivational speaker, and he kind of is a coach. He does all of that kind of thing. But as of late, we know Scotty Moore as the candidate, and now you're a candidate again, this time not for Congress, but for District 35 in the House of Representatives, right?
0: Yes, sir. Well, thank you, Mike, for allowing me to be on your program. And hello to all your listeners. I'm really grateful to be uh, wherever you're at together with you, whether it's in the car or your home or, or wherever you're at or listening online. So yes, uh, the Lord has brought us through a lot of different journeys. And yeah. so, you know, that's really the life of a, of a believer is to walk closely with the Lord, the Bible talks about staying in step with the spirit and we enjoy the journey that we're on. Uh, it's really broken down in its most simple form is just to listen. And then we have two choices. Do we obey or disobey? Yeah. And we all know that it's better to obey because even Jonah, Jonah, disobeyed, but eventually he ended up having to obey, but there was a lot of twists and turns in the, or in the journey until yeah. he got to that point.
2: Yeah. Especially kind of getting familiar with the insides of a great fish. I mean, that's, that's a ride that I don't care to take. Right. And, it's far uh, better to obey. Trust me. That's right. <laughs> Much better than to do that. And he did it begrudgingly. And you know, it's funny how God is so gracious as seen through his life, through Jonah's life, the grace of God, who even when we have a bad attitude, even when we don't respond the way we should, God never gives up on us. And I love that about him. Amen. Amen. That's it. Now, if you could take us back for a moment, I think this would be a fascinating uh, kind of look over our shoulder to what was going on inside of you. That was back in that day when you and I had our first meeting, you were still part of crew. You were working hard. Uh, I know that the role that you played was not one that put you in other countries. Like many crew missionaries would be, you were,
0: you were stateside here, although you had, you do, you did travel, right? Yes. Yes. I did travel, especially early on. I lived in Brazil for six years, uh, my wife's was Brazil. I also traveled in Europe and then throughout South America as well. Uh, but uh, for since two thousand seven, we moved here back to Central Florida or in Central right. Florida. I love it. And so originally I'm from Minnesota. I went to college in the Fargo, North Dakota area. I doubled down on cold. It was there in two thousand where the Lord really birthed a passion for politics. I, I am a, I'm a communication major, and we were studying political communication is that right and and it happened to be the bush gore remember back then obviously here in florida you all remember that because of the hanging chat and everything so we 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 uh and the lord really kind of birthed this passion for politics and if you remember even just bill bright lauren cunningham at two different times at the same time though but two different places the lord spoke to them about the seven domains or seven mountains or seven spheres however you you Mm -hmm. reference them and government is one of those spheres. And yes. so, you know, of influence of, of really impacting society. And so uh, it was a journey. I, I moved to Brazil from Fargo and lived in Brazil for six years, uh, learned how to speak Portuguese on the streets of Brazil. And so also speak a, what I call a portonol, a combinación de espanol y e portuguese. It's like Spanglish, but it's Portuguese and espanol. And so i I follow Portuguese também. So I you're, you're really good at that, my man. Hey, well, when you get thrown in the deep end, you gotta figure out what you're gonna do, right? <laughs> That's and so right. you you're gotta sink or swim. And so, you know, we within crew they have a policy, and I think it's somewhat unfortunate. Uh I understand to a certain degree, but that you're you're really not able to engage too much in politics. And so I was a uh behind the scenes, very involved, very following politics. And, and, you know, we moved here to the States and obviously just seeing the progression of what's happening in our nation. And of course, Uh, in 2016 and everything that we know previously, you know, the Russia, 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 and just you're starting to see the significant politicization and weaponization of our government in different areas.
2: Now, that's a word that we've heard a lot of recently when it comes to the highest levels of American law and enforcement, like the DOJ, for example, weaponization, I mean, when you think about how scary that is, what is the difference then if that's what America is doing? What is what makes us different from a, a
0: dictatorship? Well, and that's where the the fine line is 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 we're we're heading that direction. You know, we we haven't crossed that quite line yet, but I think at times we've we've bounced back and forth. You know, mm. where we're, it's very dangerous, and you know, I, I think many people, perhaps maybe some of the listeners today, but maybe not. Are very trusting of the government, and and I think it's you know Ronald Reagan would always say trust but verify. It's this idea of it's okay to to believe the best about something, mm-hmm. but when you also get duped into a few things, you you should not just go blind faith in. And we're starting to see really some things behind the scenes, and so I I've been experiencing this, and again because I'm very passionate about politics, I was I was watching maybe at a deeper level and really. Paying attention, and so my heart was deeply burdened. And again, you know, I have a 15 year old and a 12 year old, soon to be 16 and 13, and and I'm concerned about their future. And I think maybe many of your listeners mm-hmm. are wondering, what about my kids, and maybe even grandkids what or even our future grandkids, great right? grandkids? Yeah. You know, the Bible talks about leaving a legacy. We, yeah. I think, it's deep in us, in our human nature, to want to pass on and to to leave a legacy for our kids, whether it's a financial, a spiritual legacy a blessing within our city that, and and right now we are not doing that. And there's a certain responsibility that we need mm-hmm. to understand that whose job is it? And and we cannot just passively hope the government creates that we've got to be a part of it. You know, it's we, the people,
2: you know, you took the words out of my mouth. Those three words, we, the people, that is the uh, kind of like the grassroots foundation for our great Republic. And the people is to have the power. And in this day and age, we're being asked to believe that the government grants that power. But according to the framers, they understood that that right, that inalienable right was given to us not by government, but by God. Correct. And so the people, we, the people, Need to respond. I love having Dave Zanotti on my program. Who I just think he's brilliant when it comes to understanding the Constitution. When it comes to understanding this mindset of of what a republic is versus what we're being told we live in every day. Scotty, we're told this is a democracy, and we we should know the difference between the two. Sadly, I think most Americans do not even know that we're not really a democracy. We're called to be a a constitutional Republic. republic that's what we really are. And sadly, civics, well, they've not been taught much in schools in the last 20, 30 years. And that was, that's not being imparted to our kids. So it, it primes us for, uh, let's just say, for people who have less than great intentions to kind of prey upon those that are without knowledge. And if you don't know that that's
0: what we're supposed to be, mm-hmm. you may not ever act like that's what we are. It's exactly right. And so to your earlier point, it's God who gives us these rights, not the federal government. In other words, the federal government exists because of we, the people. We do not exist because the federal government allows that. And so we are the ones who put the people in power. We are the ones who can also unelect and, and, and fight back. The challenge, and when we talk about the weaponization and we talk about maybe you've heard the term administrative state, you have unelected bureaucrats, people in the CDC, NIH, the FBI, the, the Department of Justice, ATF, the IRS. We just saw last night some reporting happening in Montana. The IRS coming in full SWAT gear type of thing to a gun shop. Um, very uh, third world type of thing coming in and seizing a bunch of stuff. And when there's really no 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 challenge or problem or Nothing aware. And so it's a weaponization. Yeah. And they're unelected bureaucrats. And the reason why that matters is because we, the people don't have the opportunity to vote them out of office, to hold them accountable because we have no, you know, Fauci has a tremendous amount of power or did, and we couldn't unelect him or anything like that. That was an unelected bureaucrat having a tremendous amount of power. Yeah. And so it's important that we, the people understand that. And so this progression, I'm involved in ministry. I care deeply about helping people know Jesus and live the life that God created them. I really believe that uh, there are two things that last forever. God's word in the souls of men and women, right? That God has created us. And so uh, that's foundational. We know that that how the story ends and we know it's important. In the meantime, I believe God has created us with gifts, talents and abilities and a calling to be able to help make this world function. And some are policemen and firemen and doctors and lawyers. Some are uh, stay at home moms and stay at home dads. And, and you're serving the community. There's a lot of different roles we play. Mm-hmm. Some also are in government. And we also know that when a righteous King rules, the, there's, there's, there's joy, but when a ruthless King rules, there's suffering mm-hmm. and, and, and there's groaning, it says in the Bible. Right? right. And so, uh, we need to be aware of that. And yeah. so as I'm as I'm seeing the progression happening in 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 my country and I'm deeply burdened about the future of what may come, I'm praying about this. And I remember very clearly, December 4th, this was actually we had been on the program and I'd been praying and talking to you and stuff, but yeah. it's December 4th, 2020. The Lord clearly gave me a word. And I remember calling a friend of mine saying, Hey, you're not going to believe this, but I feel strongly the Lord just said, you know, to 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 run for Congress. And he immediately said, he said, Scotty, I've been waiting for you to step into that. Don't you remember that word yeah. that four years ago? And right. so when I told my wife, hey, I think this is where the Lord's leading us. Her immediate response was, um, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was pretty solid. And uh, there was no hesitation. Yeah. No. Yeah. no. No. She was saying, listen, we're called the ministry. I, I don't want to get my family caught up in this mess. I get it. And I said, I tell you what, I get it. Let's pray. It took seven months of me checking in. But I was, I mean, the Lord uses our spouse, especially our wives oh, yeah. as a, as kind of a Holy spirit radar, you know, yeah. and I, I can get excited and move ahead of the Lord. And so I didn't want that. And I knew that if he was going to call us, we had to do this together. And so I, I really did not manipulate or, or push. I was just waiting. And it was in June of 2021. We are at a marriage retreat, family life marriage retreat. And the Lord clearly spoke to her and said, you need to release Scotty just because this is something you would never do on your own. And trust me, this is something she would never ever do on her own. Right. Doesn't mean that I haven't prepared Scotty and called him for this. And so in a moment of surrender herself, right. She said, okay. And so we transitioned from that mission of, of what we were doing with crew into a, a similar, but different focus of mission, which is help save America, help save our country, protect our kids, protect family, protect life, protect parents' rights, uh, protect our constitutional rights, uh, fighting on behalf of these things. You know, and many in the church, and this is the last thing I'll say here, but many in the church, I think, want to just step aside and not get involved in politics. And I think there's a weaponization involving our language here that can be used against us. And, and it's often used in politics. They'll frame, they'll, they'll write a, a a bill that's very, very bad, a law that's very bad, but they'll name it a nice thing. They'll call it infrastructure. And so, but it's really anything but infrastructure. Right. And so when you vote against it, now you're framed up as, hey, Scotty doesn't like infrastructure. When it's not the case, I don't like what's in the bill. It's a rotten bill. You know, and so the weaponized. And so the thing is, is this is not politics. These are biblical issues. Yeah. And and I think that really the church needs to wake up and understand that, that the, we need, to, it's not a red or a blue church. It's a biblical church. Are we fighting on behalf of what the Lord cares deeply about? Family, marriage, protecting life, parents' rights, leaving a legacy, being able to, to work and have responsibilities and also you look at the talents there's consequences if you're not doing your job Mm -hmm. i mean there's these are just simple biblical principles that we're trying to live out And you know, when you think about that,
2: this whole mood of of Washington, it's like it is now a gathering place for people who've made a career. And I think that too is a little different than the kind of mindset that our founders would have. I mean, these were people who went to Washington for short periods of time out of their life, but they maintained their other lives, maintained their businesses. Although, And maybe at a great cost to those businesses, they they probably suffered, Mm -hmm. but they did that for the good of the country, not for the good of their own selves. And in today's world, it appears that we have lifetime, almost lifetime uh, politicians who are, once they get there, uh, they're, they're there and until they're voted out. And you wonder how some of these people have been able to stay in as long as they have because of the fact they're not doing what constitutionally we read that a republic, uh, a representative representing the Republic of America would be doing. They're not watching that over that. So I guess my final question to you about this before we take a break, uh, when you think back to that time in 2000, when you were really touched in your own heart, what happened to you that might need to happen to young people Uh, this day, let's say, who are now 20 years uh, into all of this. Maybe they're the same age you were in 2000. What is going to have to happen in their hearts for them to see? What did you encounter that made you have this passion?
0: Right. Well, again, the context of that is is I, I was really walking with the Lord very closely at that time. The Lord met me in a powerful way. Those four years of college, I call them kind of like an incubator. The Lord used Campus Crusade for Christ, now known as Crew, learned how to share my faith. I was discipling people, um, um, challenging people, and and we're discussing the Bible. I'm I'm reading and praying, and the local church is really pouring into me, and we're worshiping. And if you remember during that time, 2000, that's when uh, Passion, you got Charlie Hall, you got Chris Tomlin, you got David Crowder, you got Louis Giglio, you have One Day. You've got just the Spirit of God moving across our nation in in a, a, a unique way at that time. And so the context of that is I was walking closely with the Lord. And so what I would say to the listeners is scripture says in his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. And so it's okay to have plans and dreams and ideas, but we need to be sensitive and ask the Lord and not get ahead of the Lord. And too often, listen, I have zeal and excitement and passion. And I, and it comes across, I feel like I have a gift to connect with anybody anywhere at any time. I love it. But if I'm not careful, I can get ahead of the Lord and my wife. You know, I'll stay in step with the Lord at first, but before you know it, I'm way ahead and I'm like, come on, God, it's this way. You know, this is where we're going. And he's like, where, what are you doing? You know, like I get way ahead. And so in your heart, have plans, plan your course, but listen and let the Lord determine your steps and let him prick and awaken your heart to see in what's happening in our nation.
2: I think it's wise that when your wife had that little bit of resistance and hesitation that you didn't just launch on into it because of of some inward confidence saying, oh, I know this is the Lord. And I think a lot of husbands have made that mistake of just going on and not bringing along their wives alongside them, not listening, if you will. It's not that they're leading. And a a lot of men have, have felt like, well, I've got to do what God's called me to do. And I think they forget that they are one flesh. And they need to have
0: that help. Yes. I am so grateful yes. for the counsel I get with my wife. It's just Amen. amazing. Well, I'll tell you what, and I know we're running short on time, but I'll finish with this. Had I not, it could have very well destroyed our marriage because that journey that we went through just this past two years mm-hmm. was some of the hardest things, yet the most rewarding as well. Yeah. But it's so difficult, but we did it together and we did it with a conviction that the Lord called us and we believed it. And and I, I if I could take time to share just the miracles of what God did in his provision and, and the endorsements we got with Senator Ted Cruz and Senator Rick Scott from Florida here and President Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, and John Stenberger, Florida Family Policy Council, and Matt Staver Liberty Council. And just the, you know, those, I didn't have anything to offer those people. Mm-hmm. It was not a quid pro quo. It was just them. It was the favor of the Lord and the goodness in the midst of tremendous, tremendous opposition. And so... It it could have very well destroyed our marriage had we not yeah. stayed in step.
2: That's right. I appreciate you, Scotty. Scotty Moore is my guest, and we'll be back for one more segment with him in a moment. This is afternoons with Mike. You're here on The Shepherd.
0: Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095.
2: Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando offers three distinct areas of study With me today is Scotty Moore. He's up here in the studio. Scotty, it's hard to believe it was four years ago in 2020 when we had our first meeting. And you're right, uh, about three and a half years ago. When you think back to the stuff that's gone on in our country just the last two years, not even quite two years, uh, it it's um, changes the atmosphere in people's hearts and minds. There's a, a kind of a great fatigue, I think, that's going on in our country. Add to that what happened last week. I think our nation is still reeling uh, just with sadness over the loss of life in the Atlantic with that submarine. Uh, But those guys put themselves into a kind of a very uh, close-quartered little submarine. If you've seen the inside pictures, they were basically squatting on the floor. I mean, it's just, it's so small, 21 feet long and uh, that, that death that had to happen, uh, you know, it, it, it goes to show what the length of what some people are will do to, to follow their dream and whatever. And sometimes it doesn't work out great. And this is, it's just so sad to see this turn. I I would know you were too. I was praying for a, a positive outcome that they could somehow find them floating. That just wasn't to be.
0: Yeah. It, it's, um, you know, it shows the heart of man wanting to explore and just to, to go further. And I think there's good things connected with that. And, uh, yeah. and, and in that exploration, there's inherent danger, you know, and that's just, that's just true of life throughout, but it also shows the expansion and the power of God, whether it's in the moon or outer space. And just, it's a vastless area that we cannot exist. And it's so dangerous. And also just the unexplored ocean depths, which is literally crushing and, and most even submarines in fact there are there are no naval submarines can make it there it has to be no. these special submarines that yeah. there are very 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 few that are certified and this one is only not so much only 4 in the world right. certified and so it's that rare and that deep and it's that crushing and it and it shows just the heart of man to want to go beyond and explore and, and but it also shows that we're not god that yeah. we just you know, we, we're we're making serious expansion, but the fact that we we just don't, and sometimes our desire to go beyond and look further in that inherent risk can override some of the logical decisions. You know, we've heard interviews of people who said, I was invited, I almost did, but I decided not to. Yeah, yeah. I was going to, but I decided not to. Pulled I want to, you know, minute. yeah, I want to, I really do. I want to get down there and, uh, but I just decided not to. And so, And sometimes we can, and I've done this in my life, you know, I've justified doing certain things because I want it so badly, even though it maybe wasn't a good decision. And oftentimes I pay the consequences. Sometimes in God's grace, he spares me from a tragedy in that, whether I'm driving too fast or doing something reckless or, you know, especially growing up as a boy, many boys do kind of crazy things. Uh, And so, but it just, I was absolutely praying and wondering and thinking what it must be like. To be at the bottom of that floor waiting for rescue and just in pitch black cold, not sure what's happening and just uh yeah, the
2: evidence seems to point that that didn't happen correct, like that correct that it was instantaneous. One person expressed it this way uh, uh, an expert said that their end, their death would have come quicker than by bullet, and so that's pretty amazing to think about just in one moment. As my wife said it this way, one moment you're enjoying an adventure, the next moment, literal next moment, you're in the presence of God in eternity. And we all have to be ready. We all, whether we're in a submarine in the depths of the ocean or not, we need to be living
0: with a a kind of a mindset that he could come at any moment. We're not guaranteed. That is so true. And I think that's really important for the listeners just to continue to remember is that no matter how bad it gets in our country, no matter how bad it gets around the world or what's happening or the ups and downs or the economy and stuff like that, we keep pressing forward and we tap into the power source, the Holy Spirit. We renew our strength. You know, there's times when Jesus had to go away and sleep and rest and renew his strength. We need that. And are we doing that with TV or are we are we doing that with with destructive things like pornography or other things? Are we renewing our strength in the Lord? Mm-hmm. And and part of that is also renewing our hope in the fact that we know that heaven is our home, that this is temporary, that that we are here, we're gonna serve and bless and be a part of it. But we know that this is not the long term. We know that Jesus has defeated sin and death and that he's coming back, and having that eternal perspective is so important. And so as we're going throughout the day we're engaging and connecting and many people don't have that hope. You know, they don't and they're acting out. And there's always, you know, a phrase that we, we, uh, that I use often, we learned with transformational leadership and I'm a trainer in that is there's always one more thing going on in a person's life that we know nothing about. That's right. Yeah. And so when they respond very poorly and they're mad and yelling at me, instead of me responding back with them in turn, I think, you know what? That person must be having a really bad day. There must be some fear. There must be some financial thing. Maybe they, their son or daughter or family member got hurt. We just don't know, you right. know, and, and, and it helps frame up my conversation with them to not respond in kind, but just yeah. respond perhaps in compassion.
2: You know, one of the contexts for that very thing that we discussed in that leadership conference was road rage. That's a perfect example of when it happens, it happens suddenly, you have to almost be prepared for it. Because it's probably going to happen in some way and to some extent to us all. But having that mindset that rather than reacting to them the way they have responded to you, rather than give back what you've just received to do just exactly what you're thinking, start asking ourselves, what could be going wrong? Let me pray for them. To have that heart would diffuse the whole situation.
0: Yeah. And, you know, earlier you'd mentioned what am I doing past and and now in this season right now, in addition to running. But and and part of what I've been doing and, and what I did even with crew and and part of how I'm serving and helping point people to Jesus is I do a lot of leadership development coaching and connecting with companies. And mm-hmm. and I've been certified using this program transformational leadership. And so there's there are a lot of different things. We teach what an affirmation is and what it isn't and the two phrases to stay away from when giving an affirmation. I don't know if you remember that or not. Yeah. And so uh,
2: what I think uh, well, I, uh, I
0: would like to, I would like to, and think. I want to. That's it. And so when you're giving you a go. compliment or an affirmation to someone oftentimes, and maybe the listeners can respond and hear this, but people say, gosh, Mike, I really want to thank you for inviting me here today. Yeah. And you know, a perfectly responsible uh, response that you could give me is you say, you know what, Scotty, that sounds fantastic. I'm ready whenever you are. yeah And I'd be like, well, what do you mean? Well, you told me you want to thank me, and I am really ready to receive that <laughs> thanks. Uh, and, and what I declared is an intent of what I want to do without actually yeah. doing it. Now, yeah. people may argue that semantics. However, we say, let's just cut out the I want to and say, Mike, thank you so much yeah. for allowing me to be
2: on the program today. Instead of having the inference that it's in the future. It's coming. I want to be able to do that one day, <laughs> but you're right. Just come out and say, what an honor to be here. Thank you.
0: Yes. And so we yeah. teach the soft skills, that six step apology, you know, yeah. have you ever heard of that? Uh, I'm sorry. You feel that way. Kind of an apology, Absolutely you know, those, those, drives me crazy. those rotten apologies versus, is there an apology that you can make that actually can restore relationships and yeah. maybe even gain a customer for life? We teach, we think so. And we teach that, you know, so those soft skills, but also the hard skills of leadership of, of how to hold people accountable, uh, and how to discipline, and how to never fire anyone ever again because it's really their decision, and how to teach uh, leadership and cast vision and serve and teach, train and equip so that you can empower someone, let go, and then evaluate. You know, mm-hmm. we teach that at Akron and V Steel and stuff. So, so those are some of the things. In addition to to, to serving and coming alongside, uh, our heart is ministry. My wife continues to translate from Portuguese into English and English into Portuguese. And so we're very ministry minded and we're bringing that into our political aspirations to help save our country. Yeah, It
2: really is a great tool that you have in your tool belt to be able to speak as you can in these other languages, Portuguese, and the fact that you've got a wife that is fluent in that way as well, not only in speaking, but like you said, in translating that those two things don't necessarily happen uh, side by side together. So to have that additional gift, that's got to be something that's an advantage for you.
0: You know, it is. And when you think about Florida here, many there are obviously many Spanish speakers here, Puerto Ricans, but Venezuelans, Cubans, you got Argentinians, yeah. you got many people from the obviously uh, Cubans, uh, Colombians, you got many different people from the the Spanish speaking community, but Brazilians have absolutely chosen Florida as one of their main spots to come here. The Brazilian population is exploding. And so it's definitely a segment that is underrepresented within our Florida legislature, Mm -hmm. within the U S Congress as well. And I think it's important to have people who understand and who can connect with the community, who speak the language, who understand the culture. And uh, I look forward to, I think the Lord has created an opportunity for us to engage, connect, serve with the heart to want to do that. And I look forward to being elected at the right time for that.
2: Well, let's talk about that for a moment. Now, the last time you were talking about an election, it was when you were running for Congress for the U S Congress, and even your own words, you even talked about the fact this is a big pill to kind of swallow in your first election or your first race to be elected. And you did not win, but you showed up very strongly uh, something like fifty two forty eight. so only a couple of points off, and a little swing one way or the other would have made all the difference in the world. You're not all that far out of the margin of of error, and if it were a poll, that you would have been in. So you did very well. You showed up very strongly. Sadly, like in horseshoes, or unlike in horseshoes, being close doesn't really help, right? So you had you had to be the winner at the end of the day. And you weren't, but again, much needs to be said about the strength of your campaign, number one. And number two, uh, I, I believe we all need to realize that a lot of the, the leaders that, whose names we know, their first foray into such an election wasn't uh, a positive ending either. So it takes a little bit of time and experience to get all that under your belt. Am I right on that?
0: You're absolutely right. And I've just got so much to say about that. First of all, I just honor the Lord and thank him for all that he did in the midst of that. Uh, so many miracles, so many confirmations. Uh, God was continued to be faithful. And when we step out on obedience by faith, it's not based on an outcome that we know. In fact, my obedience is not predicated on whether or not I think I'll be successful or not. It's really predicated on, do I honor the Lord, listen to him, and I need to respond and obe- obeying is better than disobeying. And so that's mm-hmm. what the campaign was really about. Bill Bright would often say that we define success as taking the initiative in the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results with God. And that's what my campaign was really characterized by. Many people, I, I don't think, really give credit to the nonprofit people the world uh, that I came from. And so I think a lot of people thought that, hey, Scotty's biting off a little bit more than you can chew. But they underestimated our drive, the focus, the push, the energy the reality that I spent over two decades of needing to raise funds in order to survive. Yeah, and so that's right. And, and so we raised a lot of money by God's grace. We brought in $800,000 with really out the help of the party. I believe this was actually a winnable race. I think we could have shown that if you remember the West two news, which is nearby here, didn't allow me to debate, kicked me out because I wasn't vaccinated. And uh, you know, I, huh. I, I, think there was uh and, and we tried to get the governor to get involved and in, in, in things like that and just they later were fined. We we pushed up and it was this February of 2023 where they were fined $10,000. However, that didn't help me in September when I needed to debate yeah, my right. opponent That's and right. I wasn't allowed to and stuff. So, you know, we, we pushed hard. God did amazing things, but ironically, I believe he was setting up something for this Florida house district. Now, so there's a representative in Florida house district 35. His name is Fred Hawkins. He recently got elected. He's a Republican, won by 11 points, but just a few months ago was offered a new job and he's stepping down this month. And because he's stepping down, there's going to be an open seat and the governor soon will be calling a special election. And that special election means there's an open seat and it's going to be a very, very high-paced, ramped up election season right now. That's off of the normal election cycle.
2: A lot of people may think that when such a a resignation happens with somebody that is representative of a party that won that seat, a lot of people might think that needs to be an appointed position then to fill out the rest of that term. But that's not the way the law is stated on this.
0: Correct. You can't do that. And part of that's because you can't have people. I mean, if you think about it, what could happen uh, in the heart of man definitely can think of all sorts of schemes. And so some of these laws and policies are there to protect that is we could have people come in win certain elections drop out and then have the governor choose whoever he or she wants right. to get their team in there. And that's just not the will of the people. That's the will right. of the people that's is really the election. Point. And so, yeah. so that's why now the governor can choose to, to, um, uh, elect and, 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 kind of, uh, appoint certain people below, like in County positions and stuff like that for school board and stuff in the meantime, but not at that state level, because they're the people who are writing laws and there needs to be, they need to be representative right we're a constitutional republic. And so that's kind of how it, and so that's why it has to be a special election.
2: So this special election has not been called yet. We don't have a date for it yet, but it is going to be sometime probably in the fall, correct?
0: Well, yeah. So it will be called any, any day now. Uh, I, I, the way I understand it is, is representative Hawkins is going to be taking office as president of South Florida college. Uh, and he, That'll happen July 3rd, I believe. And so mm-hmm. I believe that he'll resign prior to that. And so there'll be, and from what I understand, as history has shown, it'll probably be a 60-day run-up. So maybe July and August will be campaigning and early September will be the primary. And so this is an off uh, the calendar, not normal election cycle. And so the the what we need to make sure is people get the vote out and they turn out to vote. What's also interesting is that district 35 fits right inside the congressional district that I ran. So all of the text messaging and the Facebook ads and the signs and the mailers and the emails and all of the door knocking and everything that Mm -hmm. we did out in the community with the name ID, Scotty Moore, Scotty with a Y, it really benefits us as we're pushing forward. But we need to turn out the vote. We need to get Christian conservatives to understand that, hey, it's not enough to just be where we're at. We need to keep Florida free. We need to keep where we're going. We need to protect because we've got another side coming in and they're wanting to have drag shows in schools and they're wanting to have the pornography in the schools. And we need to make sure that we're upholding and protecting parents' rights and protecting our kids and protecting families and life and Second Amendment rights and all these things. So this is why this election matters so much. And the Lord has opened this door and we're stepping into it and very proud and excited about it.
2: Well, so it's an election that is going to be full out as uh, any other election would be, including a primary and then a general election for it as well. Again, any day now, of course, this is being recorded on Friday, the 23rd is when we are recording this one. It will play back on Monday and so by the time, honestly, by the time this plays back, that election could already be called. It is that kind of thing. So we have to be ready for it, but there's going to be a primary, and you are running against people of, of your own party for that primary, and there are Democrats who are also running for it as well. And then after that primary election is done, just like in any other election, a general will be held, and that date will be announced as well,
0: right? Right. That's correct, and so everyone can go to scottymoreforflorida.com. Scotty with a Y, M O O R E for Florida.com. They can check out my social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Scotty Moore for Florida, uh, and we are there. We're communicating. We're engaging. We're connecting. We're going to be knocking on doors. We need help making phone calls. If you care, if you care about John Stemberger, Florida Family Policy Council. Uh, Matt Staver uh, personally endorsed me, who's the founder of Liberty Council in the past and stuff. So if you care about these institutions and what they uphold, life and family, then we need to make sure that you help us get elected. Not all candidates are alike. Right. And so getting the vote in the primary matters. Will you help us? Remember, tell your friends they can go on to Scotty Moore for Florida and donate as well. Every little bit helps from $5, $10. The maximum is 1000 businesses can even donate so if you own a business you can donate so this is this is in my opinion i see this as a spiritual act so let's do this my friend and help save our florida and our country
2: Uh, it needs saving we're grateful for you scotty scotty moore my guest and i'll be back in a moment this is afternoons with mike right here on the shepherd ec waters air conditioning and heat serves all your comfort needs with over 40 years experience Here we are now, segment three of our program, and on the line with me, some new friends. Erica Kaufman is part of a ministry, an outreach ministry that she puts on all around the country. It's called Judgment House, and along with her, her pastor, Tom Hudgens, is on the line as well. I've got two for the price of one today. Welcome to both of you to my program.
1: It's an honor to be here, Mike. Thank you.
2: Erica, you're uh, traveling all the time with this outreach and it is uh, reminiscent of something that a church in my hometown used to do at Halloween. And they would put on a big elaborate walkthrough kind of a, it was was unabashedly scary being that it was at Halloween, but it was all uh, aimed at kind of showing people the ultimate end of their lives. And hopefully they would be praying to accept Jesus at the end of it. And they hired me to be the voice, the narrator, if you will, of everything that happened as people would walk through this event. Now you're doing this thing called Judgment House. That has a little bit of an ominous tone as well. So tell us about this particular outreach. How does it work and what do you do? So
3: I'll let Pastor Tom answer because he is the the founder of Judgment House.
2: All right, Pastor Tom, tell us what the plan is.
1: Well, it would be
3: an honor, Mike. I'll
1: tell you, uh, this uh, this thing started back in 1983 for me, uh, as a youth pastor uh, in Alabama. Actually, we were serving in a church and working with our student ministry, and actually, the the students at Halloween were getting in trouble uh, at that time of the year, uh, playing pranks on people, blowing up mailboxes with M80s, and uh, you know, throwing eggs off of interstates at cars and uh, and the police knew us very well. But, uh, you know, I, I said, wait a minute. We, we need to do something more positive uh, at Halloween. Now, I was 24 years old, and I was early in my ministry. And uh, my wife and I, Karen, and I had just gotten married. And we were just looking for an alternative at Halloween. And lo and behold, um, you know, the kids in the, in the student ministry wanted to do a haunted house. And I just said, no, we're not going to do a haunted house. We're a church. That's ridiculous. And, uh, and we, Karen and I got to thinking about that. Wait a minute. Why couldn't we use that concept and just change the message and let it be a positive message? So I went to my pastor. I'm a man under authority. I went to my pastor and I said, Pastor, what do you think about this? And he said, well, we need to take it by the body of man. We need to make sure that they're okay with it. And so I'm 24 and these guys are 65 years of age and above. And they're looking at me over their glasses and saying, now, what are you going to do to our building? And I said, listen, I promise I'll put it back just like I found it. And sure enough, uh, Mike, they took a chance on us back in 1983. We did our first walkthrough drama called Judgment House. We had over 500 people walk through and we had 50 people make first time professions of their faith. And we were blown away. We couldn't believe it. And those senior men came up to me after that, put their arms around my neck and said, Tom, you do anything you want to to our building, because we have never experienced revival like this before.
2: Wow. And that's how
1: it all started, Mike.
2: That is, that sounds, again, the aim of it is very similar then to what happened uh, with that event that I was part of up in Indiana. You know, when you think yes. about 10% of the people accepted Jesus as a That's result right. of walking through, that is an amazing number. And no wonder those leaders were thrilled.
4: <laughs> I, it's,
1: it's the truth. I, I just I couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe it. and we were just thanking God for what He had done.
2: Uh, that sounds like it. and and so that has started off becoming then an annual and then it sounds like it's grown from there, right?
1: That is true. Uh, It was about five years later when the superintendent of the public school in the area of Alabama where I was at came up to me and said, Tom, you need to make this thing available for churches all around the country. And I said, well, how do I do that? And we formed a nonprofit corporation called New Creation Evangelism, Inc., doing business as Judgment House in the state of Alabama. And then we began to make scripts and videos available to churches Uh, all around the country. And uh, Mike, it's unbelievable. But since 1983, we have had over 5 million people go through a Judgment House presentation with right at about 500,000 raising their hands saying they wanted to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's mind boggling. I just can't even believe how God has used this uh, unique Uh, outreach tool uh, around the the country, and not only around the country, but even internationally. We've been to Brazil. We've been to El Salvador. We've been to Ukraine. um, We have uh, been to Thailand, and it works the same, just in a different language.
2: Well, now tell me about the actual walkthrough. I know it's uh, listed that it helps you understand the consequences of decisions that you make. Uh, Exactly how is that portrayed in this dramatic walkthrough?
1: It's about an eight-scene walk-through drama, and you meet the characters um, that are played just by amateurs in the local churches, And um, but you identify with them, and there could be some kind of a tragedy, uh, a tragedy being a, 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 a drunk driving scene, it could be a plane crash, it could be a cancer script, it could be a school shooting, it could be, there are so many different scenarios that we have, probably about 20 to 25 scripts. That churches can choose from, and you see uh, their lives take a, tra- a, a tragic turn. And then then they stand in judgment at, at the end of their life, and then you see what would lie beyond the grave for a believer, and then also for a non-believer.
2: Now, it sounds like what we experienced back in the—what, goodness, that would have to be in the early 80s when we did that— So it wasn't long after or around the time that you began Judgment House that I was part of this thing up north. Uh, You know, the idea was that these kids would walk through and again be scared silly in the right direction, not in the wrong direction. Uh, That is so important that we understand that the goal here and the heart here is not just to entertain, but to expose people to this thing Of a a decision for Jesus, which is the most important thing they could ever decide on, right?
1: That is exactly right. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. And there's only two locations, Mike, when you die it's either heaven or hell. That's right. And we don't feel like that we would be sharing the entire gospel if we didn't show that there are two possible destinations for someone, and it all depends on their decision of what they will do with Jesus.
2: Yeah. Now, Tom, we're living in a day, and you know this well, being a pastor as you are, and your your church is in the, the uh, Clearwater area of Florida, right?
1: That is correct.
2: So basically, uh, we live in a day that is somewhat different than it was in the 80s. How is this kind of an outreach being received by the young people that go through it today uh, any differently than what they would have done back in the 80s?
1: You know that that's such a great question, and uh, you know I thought it would be it would be uh, different because you know we live in a MP3 generation. You know Facebook, yeah. Snapchat, you know all of those things, and everything is so visual. And the reason that Judgment House works, I believe, Mike, is two reasons. Number one, it's visual, and when people walk through it, it's not like uh, they're hearing a sermon. They are hearing a sermon, but it's a unique kind of sermon, and it's visual. And then the other reason that I believe that Judgment House works so significantly is because of the prayer of the volunteers. Uh, This, you know, a couple years ago when we did, we had 220 volunteers in a small little church that put this on, and in every single room, they are praying passionately for all of the people that are going through. And so I believe because it's visual and because it's bathed in prayer that it is continuing to be successful. And so we're finding that the numbers are basically the same. Of course, COVID put a little bit of a a kink in things, you know, because churches couldn't gather and they couldn't present this. But but it's picking back up again, and we're seeing God move incredibly.
2: And, you know, even the numbers that you listed, uh, looking back over the history of Judgment House— the numbers stayed right at that 10% of people who are responding positively to the gospel and saying, yes, I want to know more about Jesus. I want to pray. That's such an amazing, sustaining percentage of people, about 10% of everyone who gets to go through. And I know for you, Erica, you have uh, uh, told us that your family also, you get to have them be part of what you're doing as you travel around these different areas, right? Right.
3: I do. So it's funny. On Facebook this morning, um, there was a quote. And it said, teach me and I forget. I'm, I'm sorry. Tell me and I forget. Teach me and I may remember, but involve me and I learn.
2: Oh, that's so great.
3: My, with my kids, we're all involved. So they are acting the whole thing out. They are. They have practiced the scripts ahead of time with their friends. And then we invite different family members. Um, We've had some incredible experiences. Um, My niece, a couple years ago, she rededicated her life to Christ after acting in the car crash scene. Um, She rededicated her life on the last run-through. We get to go through and see the entire play. And then her family, her mom and her dad, had both come to see her. And they are divorced, and from that interaction, um, they actually started, because she rededicated her life, they started to bridge their relationship. They are not together. They're both um, remarried, but they actually can do family events and things like that together. So I've just seen so much healing, as Pastor Tom said, with the prayers. Um, and we've we've watched kids, as we're mentoring them in the different themes, um, they take the lead in the prayers by the last couple of, by the last two days, they're the ones praying for their friends that are coming through as we're traveling to the different churches. And I did want to let you know, um, Isaiah, who is from the church, um, central Christian, he was actually able to get on the line. So he's on the phone now too. Sorry for the surprise. Oh,
2: Um, hi, Isaiah. Hi, how are you guys? Oh, Oh, great to have you you along with us. It's been a party here. (laughs) (laughs) We've got the old-fashioned party line. Uh, This is exciting. We've got a couple of minutes left. I want to make sure I get all the details about the presentation of the Judgment House. Erica uh, or Isaiah, either one, give us those details.
4: It's not just our church. we got another church to partner with us to be able to help us produce this, which is amazing to me. Because now you have not only just one body doing it, but you have two bodies.
2: That's working awesome. In
4: tangent to work for the Lord and to present this this drama that will impact and change lives forever like it did for me as I was a kid. I'm the one that um, me and my sister went when we were kids, and it had such an impact on us. And we were like, man, we got to do this. We got to do this. And That's then, wonderful. And lo and behold, a couple of years later, now we're—, we're Hosting one ourselves. You go from being participant to to being
2: one of the leaders. That's outstanding. What is the date and the location for the Judgment House?
4: So the dates are June 29th, June 30th, and July 1st. So that will be a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday.
2: Got it. Uh,
4: Thursday it will start at six. Friday it will start at six, and then Saturday it will start at five.
2: Okay. And location? The
4: location is. Twenty-four eighty-seven South Volusia Avenue, Orange City.
2: Oh, that's great! Oh, it's, I wish you guys the best, and this all sounds so exciting. And I, I trust that our listeners will be able to take part and uh, come over and check this out. It's a great place to take people that may not want to go to a church service, but this is a unique way for them to hear the gospel.
1: Amen. And Mike, sure. I would, I would point people to our Judgment House website. Uh, which is, as you said, we spell judgment with an E, www.judgmenthouse.org. And you can also find information about the presentation that's going to happen at Orange City there as well.
2: That's wonderful. So that's judgmenthouse.org, judgment spelled J-U-D-G-E-M-E-N-T, house.org. And those dates, June 29th and 30th, July 1st. And uh, the location you can get right there on that website. Uh, Pastor Tom Hudgens, e- uh, Erica, and Isaiah, thank you for being with me today.
1: What a blessing, Mike. Thank you. All thank right.
2: You. And we, we pray for this event and uh, just hope that uh, you keep up with that uh, great percentage of people uh, saying yes to Jesus. And friends, we thank you for being with us as well here on Afternoons with Mike.